Welcome to episode two of Movies Are Magic. I managed to crawl out from under that huge pile of DVDs. Appreciated all the emails from everyone now worrying about whether I had. I've never actually seen Tumbleweed before. I'm still trying to work out how to sort them, but I will. One day. Why would I even have a huge collection of DVDs? Go with the program, Grandad! Evidence streaming this, this! It's a bit rude. No matter how we watch movies, good or bad, it's nice to make an occasion of it. Lila and Freya get it. They wouldn't make fun of my collection. <laughs> they would. They're sisters and huge film fans. I like watching movies eating popcorn and sweets and sweets and chocolate and probably sitting down in the night. Well, the first film I remember seeing was probably, it would probably be Zootopia. I was freaked out of it, so I was really scared to go to the cinema. It was just about this otter that was just gone crazy. And I was like, ah, otter! I was scared of otters. And I'm still kind of scared of otters. I'm still like, beware of giant otters. And we think we saw an otter on the lake. And I was like, Els, can we turn around? <laughs> I was just freaked. I'm Neil and I'm six. And yeah, I like watching movies. And they're the best out of um, programs and uh, movies. I can't wait to get back into the cinema because it's open soon. I really hope they are open soon, Leo. I guess we're in a funny place right now. We've all experienced a lockdown before, so we know we can deal with restrictions. Is it Monday? I don't know. Is it Tuesday? I don't know. Maybe Sunday? I don't know. Every day feels the same. Every day feels the same. Also, all the more excuse to watch more films. But if you've exhausted all the movies you can think of, if only there were a way to find a new one. Charlene, a little help. This week I'm going to talk about The Princess Bride, which is directed by Rob Reiner and written by William Goldman, which is based on his own book, The Princess Bride. The film is about true love and pirates. So it starts off with a, a little boy who's sick in bed and his grandfather comes over to him. Hey, how is this sick? With a book huh? and he tells him it's about love and he goes blah. But he starts to read it to him and it's, it's sort of a love story. What is this? Are you trying to trick me? But also it's about a huge big adventure with pirates and villainy and princes and it's absolutely great crack and there's sword fights. You're amazing. And there's poison and there's rodents of unusual size (laughs) and there's all kinds of adventures in it. The film is sort of bookended by the grandfather and the grandson talking about stories. I think this film is for literally everyone. Get your three-year-old little sister and get your granny and get your auntie and get your mum and dad and everybody in the room, your teenage brother or sister. Everyone's going to love The Princess Bride because it's hilariously funny. It's first and foremost a comedy full of just really entertaining little sequences. You'll put down your rock and I'll put down my sword and we'll try and kill each other like civilised people. When I was your age, television was called Books and this is a special book. I do actually really love books and I think the best thing about this film is that it explores why we open ourselves up to stories and how important it is that we read and see all kinds of stories. The author William Goldman wrote the screenplay as well and his book The Princess Bride it's basically about a man who is trying to make an abridged version of a book 
called The Princess Bride by F. Morgenstern. So I would imagine when Hollywood came knocking on his door and said they wanted to make a film of The Princess Bride, it must have been a very strange thing because it's a very difficult book to adapt. So I'd imagine it's very important that the writer talks to the director, knows exactly the vision he wanted. So, for example, we talked about the director being a comedy director. Hello, I'm a filmmaker. I make a lot of commercials. That little dog that chases the covered wagon underneath the sink, that was mine. The director is the person who has the vision for the film and what it's going to be as a whole at the very end. Rob Reiner is on board and telling him, you know, I think maybe we'd go for comedy in this scene or like that we'll lean more into the the banter between people and maybe we'll cut out a lot of the stuff about the author and instead we'll replace it with something about the grandfather and grandson. Wouldn't be fair. Well, who says life is fair? Where is that written? Obviously, William Goldman's one of the greatest writers of all time, greatest screenwriters. He's very famous for writing books about screenwriting. But sometimes I think the perfect marriage of a of a writer and a director results in something like The Princess Bride, the exact right level of let's cut out this thing and then let's actually make it about this thing. Marriage is what brings us together today. The film is constantly trying to win you over and it's doing it. It's And it does it to everybody. Like genuinely think everybody loves this film and it is a perfect film. I would say you'd be Absolutely fine watching this from like age seven, eight upwards. Younger than that, I don't think there's anything too scary except maybe the rodents of unusual size in the fire swamp. Magical, hilarious, fun. It's actually on Netflix at the moment, so you can watch it there. Bye bye, boys. Have fun storming the castle. Think it'll work? It would take a miracle. Bye bye. Hard to believe, but it seems films are like buses. You wait for one for ages, and then a couple come along at the same time. My name is Saoirse, I'm 15 years old, and my favourite film of all time is The Princess Bride. I don't know, I just, I love the story, I love the humour, I love the characters. I've read the book as well, and I think the movie is like a perfect adaption of the book. It takes all the best bits and adds extra bits, and just, it's amazing. Like, the direction is, is really, really good. Like, I don't know, I can't even describe it, it's just, it's so different, but... I also love how the story is sort of trying to mock the old fairy tale kind of um, story, I suppose, and add in these extra characters that are incredible. But I think my favorite character is probably Inigo Montoya. It's just, yeah, I just, I love it. I love it so much. It's kind of indescribable. Hello! My name is Inigo Montoya. You killed my father. Prepare to die. Stop saying that! you'd be crazy to miss The Princess Bride. If you haven't seen it, make it your mission. If you want to record a short audio review of it or any film you think other kids should see, do this with a parent's permission and email it to junior at rte.ie. You may be in a future episode. Check this movie out. Every single week, as I said, we'll have a new person from behind the scenes of filmmaking. A filmmaker who's worked in an area you might not know about. And this week we look behind the actors to the walls, the ceilings, the weapons... The grizzly monsters. Let's go to Wicklow and meet a model maker. Rolling sound. Silence, please. Lock it up. Hi, um, I'm Ellie McNamara. I'm a model maker and sculptor based in Wicklow, and my company name is All Shapes, All Makes Limited. Our main thing is making 3D models, our sculptures, our elements for film, TV, commercials, events, museums, uh, you name it. And we use all sorts of materials, foams, we, resins, clay wood, metal, anything that's required. 
Well, model makers are actually kind of like jack of all for trades. So where we're standing now is very similar to like a carpentry workshop. Different kinds of saws and cutting tools, drills, workbench that you'd find in any kind of carpentry workshop. But we also cut with metal, and so we have to have the tools for cutting and bending and shaping metal as well. We do a lot of sculpting in foam because it's quick and more cost-effective. And then, of course, we do a lot of moulding and casting. So we're just walking through parts of the workshop here where there's some casting going on. So you can see the mould is made out of silicone, and they're actually casting here in fibreglass. These are decorative panels for a set, so they'll be painted to look like wooden panels. These are little mini shields. They're also decorative shields that are going to be used for the set. Some of the set needs to be able to be packed and moved, so that's why they're doing them in fibreglass, so they'll survive being put up here in Ireland and up elsewhere in Europe. I suppose I grew up in a kind of a creative family, so I was always making and doing stuff. And um, when it came to making a choice, I wanted to go to art college. And my parents were like, you need to pick something that's kind of practical. So model making seemed to be the most practical course out there at the time. A model maker needs to be creative, dynamic in their kind of use of materials and their kind of skills. So I suppose, particularly here in Ireland, you kind of need to be a bit of a jack-of-all-trades and determined. Last year, for example, it was lots of films and smaller productions, so we probably worked on maybe six or seven different productions, whereas this year so far, there's one large production in at the moment, and so that is the only production we're working on. You're always kind of solving problems. If someone's coming to you to make something, it means that thing doesn't exist anywhere. They can't buy it. So you have to figure out how you're going to create it in the right material for what it's used for. Like we do a lot of stuff for stunts, let's say, so for movies. So for a stunt, things need to be either really soft so they don't injure someone or they need to smash really easily so that they look like they're breaking through a wall or smashing a plate or a vase on someone's head. So you need to figure out what materials are safe to use to create that stunt for the stunt guys to work with safely. So if we're going to make a plate that is to break over someone's head, we would use a special kind of wax. Remember I said about how we do lots of bits for stunts. So we do like breakaway elements and we do kind of soft elements. This looks like a rubble stone wall, but it's made out of upholstery foam. What we did was we 3D scanned the wall and we milled it to match it identically so that the viewer won't know the difference. Last year I worked on a movie where the whole story was based in a really small aeroplane but the aeroplane was too small to fit the crew and the actors in so they needed the whole plane replicated but 25% bigger. We had a very short time frame and we had to make the interior of the plane not once, not twice, but actually four times by the end of the shoot because there was different kinds of stunts happening. You know, I can't tell you any of the storyline, but there's lots of crazy things happen inside this one little tiny space, so we had to regenerate it a few times. <laughs> the moment my favourite one most recently was a production called Sea Fever. It's an Irish film. That was loads of fun because there was lots of stuff to do with creatures, and there was cool effects to do and we had to film underwater scenes and puppeteer creatures in the water so that was like great fun There's been a lot of movement towards gender balance in the industry presently. I actually worked on a production last year 
where the majority of the crew were female like as in I think one of the days on set there was only one guy so we had nice long breaks we got the job done <laughs> it ran very efficiently no offence lads <laughs> I think the element I like the most is the problem solving like no day is the same no job is the same one job you're making like giant edible mushrooms or creature masks or alien larvae and then the next you're building something really technical like the interior of a plane or you could be working on something that was based on prehistoric times and it can be really rough and basic using very simple tools and then the next minute you could be making something that has to match identically to a location somewhere in the world. There was one job we did a few years ago where we were involved in building the whole interior of a house based in London and we had to match all the elements identically all the little decorative pieces around the fireplaces around the door ropes so you kind of have to have a passion for creating and be open to getting your teeth stuck into one topic for a long time knowing a lot about it for a couple of months and then next thing it's a totally different era a totally different style of making thanks ellie It's interesting how the films we love change over the course of our lives. I'm Sasha, and I'm five, and I live from Holt. Uh, my favourite film is uh, Frozen 2, and it is so cool. It's when uh, they figure out where their parents went. Why is there sheep here? How is it here? Elsa has magical powers. Like ice, when she's in trouble, she uses them. I would like to be Elsa and the water knock. I like Frozen 2 more because it's more longer and adventurous. You grow a bit older and you feel the need to leave Frozen behind. Luckily, the Marvel franchise gives you an opportunity to hop onto a whole other train. I am Henry, I'm 13 and I live in Christchurch. The film I've probably watched the most is Avengers Endgame. The whole kind of Marvel Cinematic Universe, every single film ties into that one film, and that one film explains a lot of things, and it gets a lot of things straight. It's kind of a huge, big story. God, seems like a thousand years ago. I fought my way out of that cave, became Iron Man. So I've watched, I'd say, probably every single Marvel film. And as soon as that Marvel Endgame came out, you've got things from Iron Man and Captain America, and they all just tie in to one big full stop. When you start to think of the scale of the MCU or the whole world within animation, the idea of making a film can actually seem daunting. Movies seem epic in scale, but they all have to start somewhere. Sean? Where do you reckon people should begin? So you've decided to make a film. What should you do first? The first thing you should do if you want to start making films is very simple. You should just grab any camera that is available to you. Whether that's your own little camcorder or your parents' phone, given with permission of course, is completely irrelevant. Having a camera in your hands is the most important step. From there, you can then start coming up with a few ideas for your film. The idea is key. 
everything starts with it. And the good news is that there are no bad ideas at first. You might have an idea that seems really dumb. It could be as silly as whales that talk. So put it down in the middle of a page. In a massive page, just write down whales that talk in the middle. And then from there, let that idea sprout legs. Let lines poke out from that first idea and write down everything you know about whales. How would it sound if they could talk? What would they say? Write all of these ideas down, and if you're feeling really motivated, you can even write a script for your film. But all you gotta do is go out and create. Say you want to make a comedy short film. Just gather some friends that are interested in your idea and then go out and tell that story from beginning to end on camera. And if you have to work solo, don't worry about it. We've all had that part of the journey. I definitely have had to film a lot. In fact, I still do it all the time. So just think of an idea that kind of works with those limits. For example, you can film yourself talking about a hobby that you really, really enjoy. For example, you are really interested in train sets. What you could do is film yourself talking about train sets while with the train set. The times at which you will be able to collaborate with others when making films will come. So trust in that. All you've got to do is work towards it. But to put it in a sentence, once you have your camera and some ideas, you can start making your film. For this week's challenge, take a picture of your spidery diagrams for your film and send them to us via email. So, that initial idea is everything. Maybe if we could tap into the imaginations of more kids... Get away from me with that pop! We could give Hollywood a run for its money. My name is Claire and I'm nine. The film I'd like to see made is this one where a girl... Her dad's kind of an idiot and still trying to learn how to ride a tricycle. And so the girl goes out to find her long-lost mother. I live in Aria. Then she realises that her mum's this fashionista. She's very trendy. I'm fat kid with my And She's, like, wearing all the latest clothes and she doesn't really want her. Yeah, whatever. So she goes to find somewhere to stay and, yeah. I think this one will be a happy end of summer. The dad trying to ride a tricycle will be my favourite scene. I'm gonna get this! That's it for this week. I know not everyone has access to streaming services, so I took a flick through the listings. My suggestions for films the whole family could watch this weekend. Both are on Saturday, actually. Firstly, Queen of Catway, a brilliant story about a girl from Uganda who finds a new thing to love in her life. Hey, Fiona, how is your life? It is fine. Young girl, come inside. What is your name? Fiona. Could you please show Fiona how to move the pieces? In chess, the small one can become the big one. That's on at 1.15 on Saturday on BBC Two. And I guess I can't forget the big, big movie. RT1, Saturday, 7.05. It's Beauty and the Beast. I've come for my father. He's a thief. Come into the light. Only someone would understand me for the real human I am instead of a hideous podcasting monster. There's a reason you're on radio and not the telly. If you want to review a film, tell us your favourites or let us know about movies you're making. Be sure to get in touch. Junior at rte.ie Now I'm going to plan my film. Let me just think. The little pig that could? Gangster, gangster babies. 
Nope. Got it. Sharks with guns. We must withdraw. No! No, no! we must! Oh, my God.